Welcome to the Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Hand, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. Today, we are in conversation with Christian Yananu, managing director of MCTC. For listeners who don't know MCTC, it is an international maritime catering management and training business. So that means that today we're going to be talking about food. Welcome to the Maritime Podcast, Christian. Good morning, uh, Marcus. Thank you very, very much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here and to discuss maybe one of the most important things in our lives, not only on board the vessels, but as well at home, which is food, right? Indeed. I think it's something that's so basic and so essential to our lives and also brings a lot of joy. But when it comes to business and things like shipping, it's perhaps not something we think about that much. Yeah, that's very true, actually. This is always been, uh, let's say, when we started MCTC 2012, this was, uh, I would say, one of the struggles we had at the very beginning to actually convince quite a few ship owners, ship managers that food on board the vessel is crucial. I'm coming actually from the business of culinary. I'm a chef. That's my background. Knowing the importance of food, you know, the contribution of a cook to society or at homes or on board a vessel. And this is something that we always really, really try to pass on the message to the industry that food is extremely important on board the vessel. And we're happy now because mindsets have changed. We have more and more and more meetings with clients and prospects that are actually liking what they're hearing in regards to healthy food on board. Let's say 10 years ago, where we had quite a few clients telling us, you know, like food, okay, it's good, but it's not the main priority on board the vessel. Now switching to a mode where they're telling us that the second more important person on board the vessel is a cook after the captain, then we understand that the mindsets are changing. And we're happy that we may be one of those who have been contributing in the mindset change, but at least that the industry have at last decided to take that a little bit more seriously. Could you just explain a little bit more about why you would say that food is so important in terms of a ship and its seafarers? We all been on board the vessels, we all sail with the vessels, and we know that, especially nowadays with technology and the connection on board as well with the families, the only thing that they have to look forward to to socialize is that 15, 20 minutes when they go to the mess room and spend a little bit of time with each other and share thoughts. You know, and this is the only time maybe where you've got all these nationalities sitting together and sharing experiences. It's extremely important. I mean, we see from ourselves the best dinners we have, the best business dinners we have, the best business meetings we have, let's say, are over dinner. The best times we have with the family are over dinner or lunch or Sunday lunch. So food is extremely important in our lives and always has been and will always be. And we want to make sure that the same applies on both the vessel. It's not just a mean for them to continue to be productive, but it's also a socializing mean as well. It's very, very important. You mentioned a bit there when you first started about the change in mindset you've seen from owners and managers. Is that across the board? And how much do they sort of see it going beyond just, well, we need to feed our crew because they need to be fed? We see from quite a few now, to be honest, that the mindset has changed. Of course, there will always be sheep operators that they may not look into it as some others. The MCTC obviously because the entire value of what we do is the well-being of the crew on board and making sure they've got the nicest experience on board, then the respective clients of us are also clients that are really looking into those elements very in detail. But we do see a lot, 
to be honest. We constantly have got meetings with operators, ship owners, and the minute we start discussing the importance of the well-being on board as far as food is concerned, which is very linked into psychological issues, you know, mental health issues, uh, which we are addressing the entire time while the guys are on board the vessel, we see that they're showing more and more interest, which makes us extremely happy. No, it's very good to hear. And I think there's a much greater awareness around things like the mental health issues as well these days. Absolutely. Whenever we talk about mental health, right, we always define our psychological mode with particular situations. Let's say the captain was rough with us and we got a bit sad or we got some really bad news from home and we're getting depressed or we're feeling obviously the guys from both the vessel are now isolated for more than a year sometimes. So all of those things, of course, are reasons of mental issues but we never really relate food as such how is it related to mental issues because when we do particular things then particular emotions in our brains activate you know like happiness sadness so if we don't feed our brain our body with specific micronutrients that we require then we may lead serotonin right which is a chemical that makes us happy these are the things that we can get and even activate further through food and that's why we're focusing so much on balanced meals on board the vessels. It's not just carbohydrates, you know, where you've got the kick of uh, glucose and sugars and carbohydrates coming in. It has to be well balanced uh, throughout the day. You mentioned there the pandemic and, you know, the isolation that's come with that. You know, seafarers have not been able to take shore leave, been stopping vessels beyond their contracts and so forth. Has that made this whole thing of food and mealtimes that more important? Yeah, even, even more important, absolutely. Like I said, nowadays, the issue that has been discussed in the industry quite a lot is what do you do on board the vessel to make sure people socialize more, right? You've got that issue with everybody has his own tablet, and his own computer, connectivity is obviously something they need to have on board the vessels, but it also counterproductive as far as socializing is concerned. So they all lock themselves into the cabins, you know, and once they have eaten, they don't really socialize that much. So if food, imagine food not being in the best standards on board the vessel, you know, and then that 15, 20 minutes that they will be spending with each other is not the quality time they should be having, then obviously there's a big issue in that one. So it's extremely, extremely important. They can't go ashore. They can't go to a restaurant, they can't go to the uh, Siemens Club, they can't go anywhere. They're isolated, literally isolated on board that vessel and the responsibility of the crew is enormous. I mean, uh, imagine nowadays how big is the responsibility of a crew on board the vessel. I demand he is the one that is responsible now for everyone to spend lunchtime, dinner together and have a really nice experience. If that's not as for the standards, you get quite a few complaints as an operator, right? Yeah, if you're not a great cook, you could be quite an uncomfortable position. Absolutely. We, we, we see how important good food is in our culture. You know, like we go out to enjoy food. We may not be hungry, but still going to go out to enjoy food, enjoy the company, enjoy people, share ideas, share views. You know, it's a lot of psychological things as well. You know, if I go with my best mates for dinner, then we eat, let's say, 30% and 70% of the time we're actually chatting, right? All of those elements are related to good food. The minute we go to a restaurant and the food is not as per our expectations, you know, how do you feel, Marcus, when you go out and dinner is really bad, the whole evening is being ruined, right? Yeah. So the importance is to be described, actually. It's very, very, very important. 
You've talked quite a bit there about the sort of commonality there of onboard and ashore and the whole importance of food. Now, you said earlier that you were a chef. Perhaps you could tell our listeners a little bit about the journey you've made from a chef to being in the catering business for yeah. maritime. I got into shipping more than 15 years ago, to be honest. I did my culinary arts in Germany, where I worked for a few years in quite a few nice places. And when I go back to Cyprus, I go into shipping somehow. Don't ask me how. I think my wife sent my CV somewhere at some point, and they were looking for somebody who understood food. And this is where the career started from. And then after a couple of years, MCTC was founded. The reason why it was founded, actually, it's quite funny. It's not because of proper food on board at such, at that at stage. It was more on the actual need for a cook on board the vessel to have somebody to talk to when he's on board the vessel. So while I was traveling with the vessels, being a superintendent at that time, I used to travel around the world with the vessels, discussing whatever crewing matter was relevant at the time. I was discussing with the captain up to the cadet. And what I have realized is that the deck department, they've got somebody to talk to. If they've got any, if they need any support. The engine department, they've got the technical department in the office. The only department on board the vessel, really, that does not have anybody who understands or speaks the same language is the catering department. So this is when I went back to the office and I started sending emails to the cooks directly, you know, and I was telling them, you know, why don't you try and do this and this and that dish for next week? You've got the German captain or you've got, I don't know, Eastern European officers. Try and do this and let me know if they liked it. It's like podcasts, you know, like blogging. And that communication started more than 10 years ago, to be honest, with the cooks, a personal communication where we motivate them and make sure that they've got somebody ashore to take care of them, not just payroll and allotment, but actually speaking the same language. And this is how everything started. This is how MCDC was founded. The entire value is to open the lines of communication between the guys on board in the kitchen and us in the office. This is why most of us in the office, we are culinary backgrounds or food technologists, food nutritionists, because we understand the subject and it's so important for the guys on board when they talk to somebody to feel that they understand each other. How many times we know a captain may get pissed off when he talks to somebody who doesn't understand really the issues on board the vessel, right? Or a chief engineer. It is exactly the same thing. Recently, actually wrote an article about the return of investment through a happy cook. And the whole idea of the article was basically the acknowledgement of a cook. It's so important. All the cooks I know spent years and years at the back of the house in the kitchen, actually creating lovely things. But who of the clients ever went and thanked the cook after a nice meal? Right? And who of us, after we have a really nice experience in the restaurant, go at the back in the kitchen to talk to the chef and say, you know, Christian or whatever, Chef, well done. We, I really had a good time tonight. Thanks for a nice dinner. We really do this, to be honest. So this is what we want to achieve, is the awareness of the importance of the cook on board the vessel, to be thankful against the cook. And we're now announcing on the 30th of May, the day of the cook. So we are celebrating one particular day of the year where we'll be asking our, all our clients and crew to video record and go to the cook and thank him for his contribution to a better lifestyle of both the vessels. So they need to be motivated. Like everybody else needs to be motivated. They also need to be motivated. And what's going to be the result, Marcos? Even better food, right? Better experiences. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wins at the end of the day. <laughs>
it's quite a story really behind the setting up of the company and the whole recognizing of that need that people have to communicate with people to understand what they're doing. And as you said at the end, to be praised when they do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. This is the basis of one of our biggest programs that we've got while the cooks on board the ships, which we call safe food handling and nutrition course. Is while they're on board the vessel, they cook once a week for the entire crew. The crew writes down the feedback on the menu that's been served. They provide us with pictures and then we start corresponding with them and to make sure that we are covering all the nationalities. We've got Indian chefs, Filipino chefs, European chefs that are communicating with the chefs on board the vessel as to make sure that they know that we understand and we speak the same language. So you've got some fairly unique challenges there in terms of the people that you're feeding and the environment that you're in. Just coming firstly to the training part of that, how is that sort of different from the environment on board a ship, say, to a chef working in a restaurant? In training, the biggest issue on board is that you're not there really. We do, of course, our courses in Manila in our training center, but we also have got distance coaching programs while they're on board the vessel, which they're very beneficial because... Is like on the job training, there's immediately performance improvement while they're on board the vessel. But of course, like everything else in shipping, the distance is the biggest issue, right? Connectivity is not always the best. You're not really there to evaluate or discuss with them face to face. But this is being overcome, to be honest, because if we look into the new era of technology, digitalization nowadays, everybody's connected like the two of us now, right? We don't need to come and meet in Singapore or in Cyprus to actually have a chat. So everybody got used to this new idea of being connected online. So we don't see this as a problem. Coming back more to the food that everyone enjoys, we're talking about the isolation part, and I think there's a tendency to crave comfort-type foods and things like that in those situations. How do you balance that with the nutritional diet that's obviously required for quite, quite a physical job? Well, absolutely. Misinterpretation that healthy food is not well cooked or is boring or whatsoever. I'm a healthy guy. I want to consider myself as taking care of my uh, nutrition overall. And you can do a lot, a lot as far as uh, healthy nutrition is concerned. The basis of a healthy nutrition as far as MCTs is concerned is to eliminate the ready convenient foods that are on both the vessels, you know, like all these dressings that are full of preservatives, ease, chemicals that our body does not even recognize to digest properly and it creates diseases, chronic diseases. All of those things are the basis of improving nutrition on board the vessel. It's not cutting down or changing cultural food cultures around the world. Like I had discussions with owners where they're saying, you know, Christian, we need to make sure that the Filipinos consume less rice. Obviously, you can't just have 80% of your plate to be composed out of rice alone. But what we're saying, we're bugging on the wrong tree. Because if you look into the actual problem, as far as nutrition is concerned now in the industry, but not only industry, it's worldwide, right, global, is not uh, eating too much or eating rice or carbohydrates. It's eating all those processed foods. And this is the main problem that we've got in our globe today as far as nutrition is concerned. And I always say the same example, you know, in the Philippines where it's like our second home because 90 plus percent of all of the crew on board are Filipinos. I always say, if you look into the cuisine, into the menus of the Filipino food culture, 
they're not really unhealthy besides being deep fried. So I would say that, that, that part, yes. But if you look into sinigang soup or kare kare or, you know, adobo, all those dishes, national dishes, they're not unhealthy. The problem is they have been substituted by kare kare mix, which is now a powder. Sinigang soup mix, that is a powder. So the Americanized way of transforming and creating everything out of a powder also reached the Philippines specifically in a very, very large extent. If you stop buying all those mixes and powders and substitute them with self-made, lean, cooked food, there is not issue at all. And I think that's the main issue. And that's not only on board the vessel, that's not only in the Philippines, that's actually worldwide. We see this in Cyprus, in Europe, in the US especially. Convenient food is everywhere around us. When we conduct our health and nutrition conferences, this is one of the topics we discuss quite a lot. Who of us actually turns around the articles we're buying from the supermarket to see what they're made of? Most of us, maybe we're looking into the expiration date, right? But not really more than that. But I think it's time for us to start questioning things a little bit more. You know, why things are cheaper and so colorful, they never get rotten, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and start producing things a little bit from scratch. And this is what we want to urge our cooks on board to do. Stop supplying ready convenient food. Do something really nice for your crewmates, you know, and self-made products, freshly baked breads, sauces, dressings, and all these kind of things. And we're there to support them and we help them to do that. So it's ingredients and getting back to that basics of cooking things yourself, it's, it's making right, them from scratch. Exactly, yes, because it's no longer cooking, is it? I mean, um, boiling water and throwing a bag of whatever in it. You've got a ready meal in two minutes. It's not really cooking. I always say, you know, whatever God has given us, it's good. But whatever we put our hands on as humans, we kind of tend to destroy. I mean, you look into nuts as such, you know, nuts are actually very healthy ingredients, right? Lots of fibers, unsaturated fats. Go to the supermarket and see the variety of nuts and the mixes and the and, and the sauce and whatever they put in, and the frying of the nuts, all in palm oils. So we have a basic ingredient that is actually healthy and we are adding so many different flavors and um, preservatives, which destroys the actual nutritional value of the ingredients. So going back to the basics, I would say, Marco, is the most important thing. Does that add any challenge in terms of sourcing, you know, given that ships, you know, obviously different parts of the world and perhaps the ingredients for some of those dishes might not be readily available on the other side of the planet? Nowadays, really not, Marcus. I mean, you get fresh fruits, vegetables everywhere in the world, right? You must be in an extremely remote place. We are now managing 700 plus vessels. I don't remember if we ever really had any issues with supplying a vessel with the requirements. It's more about being lazy, to be honest, getting ready convenient food rather than finding the ingredients (laughs) or, you know, that quick need of satisfying our hunger. But that's okay if you do it at home, right? If you, let's say, it's not okay, but it's better. But if you are an employed cook, then you may as well just do your job properly, like cook. The ability is everywhere nowadays. You've got everything you need. That should hopefully lead to a, a much happier crew. You mentioned that you're catering for 700 ships. Yeah. Is that a broad range of nationalities or is it mainly Filipino from what yeah, you we, said? We, we cater for everyone. We've 
so many different nationalities from all Asian nationalities, um, from everywhere in Europe, US, um, well, everybody's uh, nowadays, obviously, there's multi-international on board the business. Where you've got these multinational crews, uh, you know, several different nationalities on a vessel, does that create more of a challenge in terms of like creating menus and satisfying yeah. the different tastes? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, you've got a crew, let's say, from India, but he needs to cater for Filipinos, for Russians, Ukrainians, Croatians, a few maybe from Thailand, and sometimes all on one vessel, right? Which is quite amazing. This is not an easy challenge. Of course, this is where we're coming in as MCTC and as their, as their partners, where we develop the menus for them, you know, and give them, you know, for the, based on the nationalities on board the vessel, we develop various menus, but with the same basis of ingredients. Let's say if there's chicken for the Asian, then the ending is an Asian dish, chicken dish, and you've got the same chicken for the Europeans being ended differently with the flavors of the European flavors. All of those elements, we're there to support them, but definitely makes their lives a little bit more difficult. I think it's very important as well for MCTC that we don't fool anybody. You know, I'm a chef myself, but I would never be able to consult an Indian chef how to do Filipino cuisine 100%. I may have know the basics, but I would never really be that person. That's why we make sure that we have wide spectrum of colleagues that are doing it from Indians, Filipinos, European chefs who are corresponding with the, with the right nationalities on board the vessel. A very important question for our listeners and those looking into this matter. And it's something you mentioned earlier, you'd written an article on, which was ROI of this. Yeah. You know, you invest in the catering. How can you quantify that? We need to compare it as well with our own establishments, right? You've got demotivated employee, um, you know, he will leave 10, 15 minutes before day ends. He will not do the extra mile. He will not really care about what you do. And most probably you will lose money out of that. And the same is with any any other employee. And the cook on board the vessel is within the same idea. First of all, we've got those so-called building blocks as MCTC. And we've got eight building blocks. And it stops number eight where we're looking to the green agenda and sustainability. But the very, very first block is people, motivation and retention. Keeping the cooks on board educated, motivated, acknowledged what they do they will take the extra mile. I can guarantee that. They will do the cake a little bit better. They will bake it themselves. But doing all of those things, we did the health and cost analysis report where we can actually surely say that when the cook produces dishes from scratch on board, the owners, the operators, they can definitely save around 15% of their budget or let's say better utilized rather than buying ready convenient food because ready convenient food are also very expensive so it's obviously more expensive so by doing that the result is actually getting a lot more out of the allocated feeding rate per person day rather than having a demotivated cook and a cook that produces everything from ready bottles ready convenient food and so on it's been great talking to you christian just is there anything else you'd like to have before we I really enjoyed it, Marcus. And for me, as Christian and MCTC, the most important thing is to pass on the message. You know that we do care about the crew and the owners care about the crew more and more. 
and food is something we should definitely look into a bit more closer. Talking about the business and the commercial side, uh, I'm talking seriously on people on both the vessels, right? And this is the only thing. I will close by saying that we will be soon be announcing our MCTC signature menu. That is one dish that is made of various nationality ingredients in one dish. So let's say it's a main course which consists of ingredients from the Philippines, from India, from Europe, from everywhere in the world within one dish. And the message is that we connect people and food connects people. And by sitting all together and having one dish, maybe not three different dishes, but one dish that includes ingredients from various countries, is like, guys, do you know cardamom? Okay, let's try cardamom together. Can you taste cardamom? This comes from my region in India, blah, blah, blah. So people come together, start enjoying their company, discussing with each other, sharing values. And this is all about food. Food is about connecting people. And this is what we want to do. That's fantastic, the whole idea of connecting people through food. And I'm sure we'd all like to try that dish when it comes out as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I will send you a video. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been fantastic talking to you today, Christian. All the best for launching that signature dish. I hope to talk to you again in the future. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Thank you, Marcus.